This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Welcome to Thursday Throwback, the day of the week we revisit some of the Joyful Courage podcasts from The Vault, shows that have gone out into the world and made a big impact on listeners. It's the day of the week where I get to share some of my favorite previous guests that you may have missed or forgotten about because it's been a minute. Keep in mind that you may hear some promotions and offers that are outdated during these shows. Let those mentions go and just enjoy the wisdom of these powerful world changers. Hey, everybody. Casey here. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. So I'm really excited for today's show. I always say that, don't I? Well, I am. I love podcasting and I love the people that I get to bring to you all. So back on episode 40, I had a guy named Ryan Hamilton come on the show talking about the Life of Dad website. And the day that that show came out, I got this really nice message on the Joyful Courage Facebook page from a dad just saying how much he appreciated hearing a dad's voice on the podcast. So I responded and said, Hey, yeah, I'm totally into it. If you have anyone else to recommend to have on the show, you know, I'm all ears. So then I get a private message from this nice man. And he said, I do have a recommendation me. So today you are going to hear from Javon Carrasco and he is a therapist and meditation expert. I don't know if he'll be excited about me calling him an expert. Well, he's a meditator and he runs the Austin Center for Mindfulness. And um, I thought I'd have him on the show to talk about how meditation and mindfulness is helpful and a powerful tool on the journey of parenting. So we had, we immediately connected. You'll hear it in the conversation. We immediately connected you know, kindred spirits, like-minded, and had this great conversation about not only how to create a meditation practice and a mindfulness practice, but also we talked about like, what does that even really mean? So Javon is full of really great insights and information and tips and tools that you can take away immediately after listening to this podcast and put into place, into practice in your life right now. So I am really excited 
to have him on the show and to introduce you to him. So let's meet him. Let's meet Javon. Javon Carrasco is a psychotherapist in Austin, Texas, and the owner of the Austin Mindfulness Center. He is a meditator and the author of a six-week online mindfulness training program, Follow Your Breath. Javon is an engaged and connected father of two kids and was a stay-at-home dad for three years. He is here today on the Joyful Courage podcast to talk about how mindfulness has informed his parenting. Javon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Casey. It's great to be here. Please tell the listeners a little bit more about your journey and about what you do. When did mindfulness and meditation become a part of your life? So I started meditating in 2008. Um, I was working in residential treatment. I was the therapist supervisor at a group home. Um, and it was very my very first job as a therapist and felt, for the most part, in over my head um, through a lot of that and, and started developing a lot of anxiety. And about five years in, I had my first panic attack, uh, which was really scary just, well, I mean, panic attacks are scary, but I was, I mean, it was more that I really wanted to do well in that job. And five years into a career is not a great time to have a burnout. So <laughs> I knew sure. that I needed, you know, to, to get that under control. And I had read a little bit about mindfulness. Um, and so I sought out a meditation teacher who worked with me for about 10 weeks um, and taught me Zen meditation. And, um, and so I just developed a a daily practice with that. Yeah, I can imagine that first job in as a psychotherapist at a recovery center would be high stress. I know that even like for me, I was a teacher. I was a school teacher prior to becoming the parent educator that I am today. And that was stressful. And those were Mm -hmm. children. So, um, how great that you recognized where you were at and found a tool that helped you navigate the stress and anxiety that exists, I think, in, exists inherently in that kind of situation, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of safety related mm-hmm. incidents that occurred fairly regularly, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of a slow thinker. You know, I kind of mull things over and I like to collaborate with bounce things off of other people and, the demands of that job really required some, you know, like quick thinking and quick decision making. And so all of that really just kind of shot my anxiety up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so I meditated and, and, and it really, I mean, within, within maybe a few months, I noticed, I noticed changes and I noticed that I was, you know, it, it, it was getting under control. And, but I also noticed not only did it do what I expected it to do, but I, it allowed me to really connect with myself in a way that I'd never really done before. And I'd always wanted to have a private practice of my own. And I had dreams about that. And, and, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to become a therapist. I could just kind of have that in my mind, but my mind would always tell me, you know, you don't have any business background. You don't what, you know, what do you know? You're, you know, you're barely, you know, you don't have enough experience, all those things that your mind. Oh yeah self-critic, you know, jumps in. And so what mindfulness really allowed me to do is reconnect with the, with that passion and to be able to see those thoughts, um, those self-limiting thoughts for what they are, (laughs) 
yeah. and just to kind of be able to move past them. Yes. And so I, I ended up, I, I stayed with them for another couple of years after that and then started my private practice and in 2011 established the Austin Mindfulness Center. Awesome. Well, and I think that what you're saying is so powerful and um, those limiting beliefs and limiting thoughts, I think, especially on the parenting journey, show up continuously for many of us, right? And, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm making mistakes. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Why does she hate me? Why why doesn't anybody (laughs) care about all that I do all day long? Oh my gosh. And we can just spin into this pit of despair. And then all of a sudden a challenge shows up with our kid and we're coming from this place of like, you don't care about me. Screw you. You know, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And react in a way that isn't helpful or forwarding, which then fuels that same conversation around, oh my gosh, I suck as a parent. Totally. So back to mindfulness. (laughs) Mindfulness (laughs) is a word that we hear, we're hearing more and more about, which I love. And we talk, I work with teachers as well. And we talk about it with teachers. Um, Tell the listeners and me more about what mindfulness means to you. Make that distinction for us. So basically, mindfulness is attending to whatever arises in the present moment as it unfolds um, and without judgment. Um, that's key. So it's an intentional moving toward your experience as it is not and not what you think that it should be um, and without trying to change it. So, so that would be like, like a basic definition. And you can really apply that to anything that you do, whether it's your emotional life or your relationships or your work. Right. Um, So mindfulness in action might be I'm at the sink doing yet another load of dishes and everybody is not being helpful and I'm grumbling about it. Mindfulness would be me saying like, oh, look, I have arrived at my own pity party. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am not judging, not coming down on myself, just noticing this is where I'm at right here, right now. And then from that place. What? From that place, you know, I think that the awareness is the first step. And so, so noticing that because our minds are going to be quick to, to blame, mm-hmm. you know, because our, we have, all, we create these stories when, when we start to feel ways that we don't want to feel, you know, our mind jumps in and, and gives us a script. And so a lot of times that's externalizing, you know, the problem or blaming, blaming it on your kids or your husband or what, or whatever. Um, yeah, my husband so gets a lot of that that's, a lot that of that's what it is. <laughs> and then when you can notice it, then it's kind of you're kind of outside of it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. It's not like you're not you are not your thoughts. And so when you can notice your thoughts, then there's this space between you as an observer of your experience and then the content of your experience. And yes. so and so that in that space we can skillfully respond the way that, you know, according to how we want to be in that moment. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education 
expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Yes, I love that. And I, when I work with parents, I talk about, you know, lifting out of an experience, right? Being able to look at something versus being in it and the perspective and the possibility and the opportunity that exists once we step out and look in that just isn't available when we're actively in the experience. I also, this has come up on the podcast before, but my son and I talk about the emotional freight train Mm -hmm. and the emotional freight train is leading us to crazy town. And sometimes we don't know that we're on it, but once we can say, whoa, Hey, I'm on the train right now. And we recognize we're there. We have a choice either. I'm going to stay here, which happens sometimes, right? Because, man, there is adrenaline there and there is some really powerful emotion there. And sometimes that's what we choose. But we also have the opportunity to choose, like, I'm going to get off this train. And I think that what I'm hearing you say about your experience with meditation is that the meditation is the piece that then allows you in that moment of awareness to choose into something different. Yeah, it creates like a capacity for you to be able to make, you know, to, to create that separation yeah, or, you know, more readily. Yeah. Yeah. 
So where do you see or feel the connection between meditation? Talk, talk more about the connection between meditation and parenting and how you see it um, as a way to support us with everyday challenges of raising kids. And I didn't mention this in your bio, but you're also a positive discipline parent educator. I am. You are. Selfishly, own it. <laughs> selfishly <laughs> using that knowledge, uh, you know, for my own family. That's I, okay. I really did. It was, I, I had taken a, a positive discipline, um, just a uh, class from, I don't know if you know, Laura Ferguson. I sure do. Uh, do you really? I She's do. She's awesome. She's here at, in, at Austin Family Counseling, mm-hmm. Austin Family Therapy. I forget. Uh, but she is an amazing, amazing teacher. And, and so I, I took her course and then immediately wanted more. And so I decided to just go ahead and get certified as a, as a parent (laughs) educator, just to get that extra, you know, those extra tools. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really used it as I haven't really, you know, been put, that's not my, you know, it's not on my shingle. Sure, sure, sure. But, um, I definitely work with a lot of parents in my practice. And so, um, it comes in handy. Yeah. So how do you, when you're talking about meditation and mindfulness with those clients that are parents, how do you, how do you help them in using those as tools for their journey in parenting? Well, so children are like little Zen masters mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in that they, you know, they really know how to push our buttons and show us the parts of ourselves that we might not want to look at. Um, so a lot of the challenges that we have with raising kids is really more about the way that we relate to ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. And so, and so that's where, I mean, meditation is kind of, it's one of those, I kind of, I make this comparison a lot and it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, like if, if what you wanted to be was, you know, um, have fitness in your life, you know, you would, you would carve out time to go to the gym, you know, three or four times a week for a certain amount of time. And over, over time, you start to develop these, these, you know, strength and endurance and flexibility, mm-hmm. but you don't do that so that you can have those capacities at the gym, right? <laughs> right, right, you, right. So you, you develop that so that in your life, you know, you can go hiking and paddleboarding and just keep up with your kids, not get winded when you get to the top of the stairs and that sort of thing. You know, and so meditation is a, a lot like that, you know, that it's it's time that we kind of carve out, you know, so that over time it's it's developing these capacities so that in our in our in our, in our daily routines, in our in our lives with our kids or coworkers or, or whatever, we have that capacity available to us. Yeah, and I encourage my clients, similar to what you're saying, and listeners to develop a practice of meditation. I have no background in like teaching meditation, but I have used it in my life and um, at a very simple level and find that it's such a great opportunity for us to teach our body what it feels like to be centered, to be calm, to be like I was just talking earlier today, doing a live stream, talking about being neutral and what it means in the body to be in that place. And and uh, what I've learned about the body is that our body goes to what's familiar, right? Mm-hmm. And if what's familiar is shoulders up, tension mm-hmm. in the chest and belly, fight <laughs> or flight mode, then right. that's when we get triggered emotionally, that's where we're going to go. So for me... 
the reason that I'm always telling my people to practice stillness, practice calm, notice what it feels like to drop the shoulders and open the chest and release the tension is because when we notice we're in that fight or flight, it's going to be ever more easy to then move to this like, oh, look, I'm here, right? Oh, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm ready for a fight. Okay, this is not what I want. To be able to jump off that train. Exactly. Getting off the train and and not just getting off the train, but knowing where to land, right? So practicing the landing, practicing what it feels like to be in confrontation with somebody else, but being, well, maybe it's not in confrontation, but to be confronted by Mm -hmm. someone else, but being able to hold your own calm center, Right. Um, but it takes practice, like you said about working out, like it takes practice and we have to yeah. practice it over <laughs> and over and over and over. And sometimes we're going to have that calm centered landing and sometimes we're not. And it's all just part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be. I mean, you know, I talk about, you know, meditation specifically as as an exercise, but but it's not my, my you can do anything mindfully. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? And so you can mindfully, you can meditate mindfully, or you can, you know, find other ways to bring your full attention to whatever is rising in the present moment, you know? And, um, there's all kinds of ways to do that. Even if you don't have, you know, like a regular sitting practice. Right. Talk about that. Give us some, give us some little teasers. What are some tips for doing that? Well, okay, so I you know, so I had been meditating, had a formal practice for four years before our daughter was born. And what and does that look it, like? A formal practice? It's just you know having a you know like where it's part of your routine. Okay. Where you 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 have a sitting meditation practice where you know you set aside you know ten or twenty minutes or so mm-hmm. to, to meditate every day at, at the same time. Got it. But when you're a new parent, it's <laughs> <laughs> for the first few months, like you're you're sleep deprived, you know, your schedule is just completely effed up, Yeah, you know, and you, so you're just discombobulated and, and, and all of that just kind of went out the window. Um, and so I invented bottle washing meditation. Oh, nice. <laughs> and it's just, some, you know, I found myself, I'm doing, I'm washing all these bottles like all day long, um, at different times of the day. And it was just another opportunity to, well, this is an opportunity to bring mindfulness to the, cause we, we, we do so many mundane mm-hmm. things every day that, that, you know, after a while, it's kind of just been, been there, done that. And we don't pay a lot of attention to it. Well, those are, op- those are opportunities because you're already doing them. It doesn't take any extra time, you know, to brush your teeth or put on your socks or, you know, all of those things that we don't necessarily have to be present for. You can turn that into a meditation. And so with the bottle washing, you know, I would just bring my, all of my senses, well, maybe not my taste, four, <laughs> four out of five senses, the experience and, and, and just be present with the warm water washing over my hands, the color of the soap and the light reflecting, reflecting through the, through the bubbles, mm-hmm. um, the sound of the water, the smell of the soap, uh, and the, you know, the feeling of the, the weight of the bottle and the brush strokes, you know, and so, um, just bringing your full attention to those moments, you know? And then, of course, when you've got this new baby, they're eating like every two hours, right? And so you have these moments where you have, there's all these opportunities. They're only that little for not very long. Yeah, blink. And so, but it can be really easy to get really bored. (laughs) 
to be honest. I mean, you do it so often. I mean, you're just yeah. every two hours. Here we go again. And it could be really easy just to turn on the TV or to, you know, scroll through your Facebook feed with a baby in one hand and your phone in the other. And and those are those are really missed opportunities where you can turn that into a meditation as well. And just to be completely present with the smell of the baby's head, mm. you know, the the sound, the little sucking sounds that they make with their mouth when they're drinking their bottle and, and, and gazing into their eyes. And those can be really powerful and precious moments that you're never going to get back. Yeah. Well, you and know? what just was sparked too in listening, that phone in the hand, I feel like, and I know I'm having my own experience with it as well. And I have a 13 year old. So the whole technology thing is a whole nother <laughs> podcast. But what I noticed that's really easy that begins to happen is downtime as your kids get older, it's it, there's this little list, this, this like little level of anxiety. Like anytime I sit down, it's just almost automatic. Like, OK, where's my phone? What can I check real quick? I got a minute versus mm-hmm. like I have a minute. I have yeah. two minutes like I want to drop in and notice the world around me notice how my body's feeling notice the sun shimmering on the leaves like everything that you're talking about um really speaks to me and i think and i know i'm not the only one and i'm again appreciating my awareness of it mm-hmm. right because like you said that's the first place to start as far as is this the life i want to live do i want to feel antsy every time i have an extra three minutes if my phone's not available no <laughs> The answer is no, yeah. I don't. Well, speaking of the phone, so I had this, this was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, where I, that was just kind of a habit for me that, I, you know, I, you know, I have breakfast with my kids every morning and, and at the time that was kind of an opportunity for me to uh, check my work email just to kind of get prepared for what was going to be going on that day. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at my phone and I'm looking through the email and my daughter, Sophie, she was three at the time. She starts banging her spoon on the table, mm-hmm. just like repetitively banging her spoon. And I don't even look up from my phone. And I say, Sophie, can you please stop? And she doesn't stop. And she keeps going. And still, still looking at my phone. Sophie, please stop. And she doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so finally, I put my phone down. And I said, Sophie, why are you ignoring me? I'm a- I've asked you three times to stop banging your spoon. And she looks at me and she can be snarky if she wants to, but I swear to God, she was, it was just a completely innocent matter of fact statement. And she said, well, daddy, you're ignoring us. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, those are the moments, right? And and I really appreciate you sharing that story. And it's the same reason, you know, for the same reason I always share my own stories and struggles is I think it's really important for people who are listening to recognize that they're not the only ones that. <laughs> that are that are finding themselves in these places, right? We find ourselves yeah. in these places and what a great opportunity. What a great insight. I didn't, you know, it's not something that I noticed until she brought it up. Like I, yeah. I wasn't aware that that's what was happening, but she just made it so obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had an experience with my son at bedtime, similar kind of thing, but no technology. And he just wasn't moving along fast enough. And, Finally, I said, I am feeling ignored and dismissed. And he kind of (laughs) sat there and looked at me and I took a deep breath and said, do I ever make you feel like that? And he said, yeah, a lot. Yeah. 
So, hey, they pick us, right? They pick us to teach us. That's right. Little Zen masters, little Jedis. So what does your meditation practice look like now? So I have about a 30-minute window between when my wife leaves for work and when my kids wake up. Mm-hmm. And so that's my that's my time to sit and I have a and I just have a twenty minute sitting practice. Um, so basically, that's just I, I have a floor cushion and I and I sit on there and I set my I have a meditation timer, um, set it for twenty minutes, and basically just you follow your breath mm-hmm. um, in and out, and then whenever thoughts arise or emotions or physical sensations. You just notice that and then gently move your awareness back to your breath. And you just do that over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's meditation. It's not um, it's not about not having thoughts or clearing your mind or anything like that. And I think that's a big misconception. Um, but it's just kind of doing that over and over. And so, so I do that. And then I get to move into the next part of my day, which is my favorite part of the day, which is breakfast. And I get to wake up my kids and... Um, I'm a sort of a short order cook <laughs> for breakfast and, and I have a, I have an hour and a half mm-hmm. to get them up, get them fed, uh, get them changed, brush their teeth, brush their hair and collect all their belongings for school, dance clothes or whatever yeah. and get out the door. So I've got this really, I mean, it's, it's an hour and a half to get all of these things done. And at the same time, I try to make that an extension of my meditation mm-hmm. where I'm being fully, I made a promise after that phone incident Mm -hmm. (laughs) that my phone stays in the bedroom. I don't even bring it out. Um, and just really take that time to connect with them and to, and to be curious about their experience and, and answer their questions. So, you know how that goes with a four-year-old. Yeah. How old, how old are they? (laughs) How old are your kids? She's four. And then my son Gray is two and a half. Oh man, you're in it. I'm in it. Gray and Sophie, cute. Well, and somebody once said to me, similar to what you just said about meditation, that it's not the, you know, you have no thoughts, but it's really that movement from recognizing you're having, recognizing that you're noticing thought, mm-hmm. feeling, physical sensation, and the movement back to breath. That's it. That's the, that's because that's the part that in your waking life that that's the part that you need to, to, to have to be able to get out of whatever negative thinking yeah. or, you know, self-critical stuff that you need to be able to turn away from and turn back to, uh, to your, to your, to your present moment experience. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the, you know, if you think about going back to the gym metaphor, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about that turning from, wherever you are in the past or the future to the present moment, that's kind of like a repetition of, you know, like when you lift weights, you know, so every time you lift that weight, you're building, you're building that muscle. Right. You know, and and it actually does kind of work like a muscle, your mind, your, your brain. And because they've shown, you know, the, the studies show the brain scan, uh, before, uh, before meditation, an eight week meditation program and then after, and actually, the actual structure of the brain in the middle prefrontal cortex um, structurally grows. <laughs> so awesome. you really do it. You really do build it like a muscle. Yeah, that's so great. How do you do? You teach mindfulness to your kids? Yes, um, but you really don't. I mean, you really don't have to teach mindfulness to kids because, especially when they're really young, 
because they're already way more mindful than we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they already know how to be present. The trick is to learn mindfulness yourself so that you can encourage and nurture that innate mindfulness. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's it's, you know, if you're mindful, you can't teach mindfulness if you're not mindful. It's just it's like it's like it would be like telling kids that it's not nice to hit and then you hit them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that does it. That's just totally inconsistent. So it's really just more about, you know, they and they lose that as they unfortunately, you know, as they, um, you know, as they develop and learn how to live in society, they start to forego that, that natural curiosity for rule governed behavior. Yeah. You know, for example, like, I heard that somewhere that kids ask about 40,000 on average 40,000 questions before they before the age of four. Oh. And oh, my gosh. I think that's low for my four-year-old, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but then after the age of six, it dramatically drops. Can you guess why? Because they've been told over time to quit asking so many questions. That and they enter the school system, yeah, which is basically you know an environment that tells them to basically Listen. sit down and shut up. Yeah, you're you know and and to start looking for the answers outside of yourself that somebody that this teacher has the right answer, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're supposed to learn the right answer and then parrot it back as opposed to looking for answers within yourself. Yeah. And so part of that is, is, you know, and and, and then shutting them down too, by saying, you know, stop asking so many questions, you know, you're just really sort of smothering that, that, that curiosity, that fire of curiosity and you're just smothering it. And so finding ways to, to really foster their sense of curiosity and validate their emotional experience. You know, and that's, that's hard to do if you're not, if you, I mean, if you can't do that for yourself, then it's hard to do for your kids and they learn by watching for sure. us, you know? So if you're, if you're on your phone, when you're answering their questions, then they learn that, you know, I don't have to completely pay attention or I'm not worth listening to or what, you know, whatever they learn from that, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and by the way, one day they'll be 13 and have their own device if you so choose to. Exactly. And they're and like, you, what? You, 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 you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So they're, you're passively teaching them how to be in the world just by being how you are. Yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, there are there are things that you can do to 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 foster that mindfulness that's that may or may not already be there, mm-hmm. depending on age-wise, uh, that, that um, it's basically just finding ways to bring their, their attention to the present moment. So we play this game where we'll be at the breakfast table and, and we'll all close our eyes and then I'll ask them, uh, what, so name all of the things that you can hear with your ears. And so they'll close their eyes really tight and they'll you know, have these really concentrated looks on their faces and you know, they'll say, I hear an airplane or I hear a dog barking or I hear the refrigerator. Um, you know, and so you just kind of create those, that time to let, to let them feel what they, you know, uh, feel through their senses and, um, body awareness and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. there's all kinds of things like that. There's a really great book called Planting Seeds by Thich Nhat Hanh that has a lot of really great suggestions. Um, I love that. I actually just busted out his book while you were talking about mindfulness while cleaning bottles, pieces yeah. every step. He talks about mindfulness while doing the dishes and mindfulness yeah. while eating one cookie. And I love him. Yeah. Well, and there's another book. I bet you know of it. Sitting Still Like a Frog. Sitting Still Like a Frog. That's another good one. Good it's one. a CD with it as well yep. um, that has some meditations for kids. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and talk about body awareness. My, you know, I have my two kids. One of them is more receptive of my uh, parenting whatever strategies than the other one. And he, you know, we'll talk about how does your bot, how did your body feel? You know, how did, what did you notice about, cause he gets really worked up and has these really big fall aparts and bursts of um, outbursts of emotion. And afterwards we'll talk about, you know, what did you notice before you were overwhelmed, you know, so that he can be ever more aware of what's happening, the signals and the, the little hints that yeah, his uh, body is giving uh, him prior to him freaking out, saying things that he later has to make amends for or, you know, what, however it plays out. But he's a lot more willing to go there with me than my lovely, <laughs> sweet, sweet daughter. Um, but that's OK. And he also, you know, he likes it. Another thing that we do around mindfulness um, at bedtime, because that seems to be the time when anything he's worried about or anxious about shows up is right there before bedtime. And he wants to talk about it and he gets a little obsessive about things like I can't stop thinking about that scary thing that I saw or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to share that. But he <laughs> um, he is, you know, and so we talk about I kind of take him through a little guided something or other while he's sleeping and have him feel his feet and feel his knees and just kind of come up his body so that he can release whatever it is that's spinning out in his mind. Um, and that's helpful for him too. Yeah. There's a lot of things happening in the present moment. Yeah. You know, so you can all, and so anything that you might be obsessing over is just one of those things that's really, just something really compelling to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. So like a fearful thought or a worry or, you know, something that we're ruminating over. I mean, those are just, it's just, you, you know, your mind is going to gravitate toward anything that's threatening mm -hmm. because it's, and that's just your mind doing what it's evolved to do. Sure. You know, survival. Just, survival. Right. And so you're naturally going to sort of gravitate to those. Are, that's the thing that your mind is going to, is going to put in the forefront and say, you know, be, you know, watch out for this, watch out for that, be careful here. Um, and so that's natural. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And, but, but mindfulness helps us to, um, take the, take control of the spotlight and to be able to shine it on anything else mm -hmm. <laughs> in the present moment. So right. how your feet feel in your shoes right now is happening right now, you mm -hmm. know? And so you can find, you can find ways to connect with your present moment, particularly, uh, through your, senses that's a really great way to teach kids yeah. body awareness is just having them sense through their senses yeah hey there i'm debbie reber the founder of tilt parenting and the author of the book differently wired the mission of tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability having adhd being gifted autistic or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. You have a six-week online meditation course, I hear. Yeah, tell us about that. So Follow Your Breath is um, a six-week course. Uh, Each week corresponds to a letter in the word breath. So we have uh, body, uh, relationships, emotions, attending to the present moment, uh, thoughts, and mindful habits. They don't all go in that order, but they're all there. Um, and so you get meditation audio, downloadables, journaling assignments, practice logs, videos, um, and then access to a private Facebook group where I answer all your questions along the way. Awesome. So normally that's that course goes for $2.99. I, we just launched in February, and so I'm trying to really seed that online community. And so we have it for 50% off through the end of this year. Oh, wow. But for your listeners, Casey, I'd like to offer an, an additional 35% off that already discounted price. So if you sign up with the promo code Casey, then you'll get the online course for under 100 bucks. Oh, that makes me feel so special. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. That's so generous. I'm going to sign You're up. Welcome. Everybody else, <laughs> join me. That's amazing. I that is so, Thank you. That's really wonderful sure. and generous of you. Um, and it's on, and we mentioned before we came on live, so it's an on-demand course. So at any time that Mm -hmm. we're able, whenever the the time is right for you listeners where you're feeling like, yeah, I could commit to this for the next six weeks. It's the link will be in the show notes for you to take advantage of this wonderfully generous offer from Javon. So thank you. Awesome. And my last question that I ask everybody is what does joyful courage mean to you, my friends? I've been thinking about this question for months <laughs> since I started listening <laughs> to your podcast. Oh. Um, it's a no brainer for me. Mindfulness is one of the most courageous things that you can do, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to be able to open up to whatever fears might be there in the present moment. And so it's intentionally moving toward, toward those fears and, and, you know, courage, it's not the absence of fear. It's having the fear and doing it anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you live your life intentionally, 
uh, guided by values and being the person that you want to be in the world, being the parent that you want to be, being the the business owner that you want to be, uh, joy and happiness is a natural byproduct of that. So those things go hand in hand. Awesome. I am so coming to Austin to hang out with you. Just so you know, one day I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> be prepared. Where can listeners find you and follow your work? Yeah, Where? so our website is austinmindfulness.org. Okay. Um, and we are on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Austin Mindfulness. Facebook is Austin Mindfulness. Twitter is Austin Mindful. And Instagram is at Keep Austin Mindful. Um, and then I've got a public profile just on Facebook and Twitter. It's just my first and last name. Okay. I will make sure again, listeners, you know, all those links will be in the show notes so you can find and follow our new friend, Javon, and all the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much for this conversation. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well... No problemo, man. You'll have to come back on and, and talk more because this was great. I feel like we just scratched the surface on some of these things and uh, would love to dig deeper with you. Yeah, give me a call next time you're in Austin. <laughs> I will. I will. And you have a beautiful, beautiful day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. So good, right? I had such a great time talking to Javon. I think it comes out in the conversation and I was totally floored when he offered that amazing discount on his meditation program. Please go to the show notes. You will see a link to um, take advantage of that discount that he was talking about and take advantage of his meditation program. I know I'm going to do it and I think it is such an important practice for all of us parents who are looking to show up more calm, more centered, more connected to our families. It's a really key practice in all of that, as you heard Javon and I talking about on the podcast. So I invite all of you to take advantage of his generous, generous offer. I am also making it clear and explicit too that I have a space in my calendar for some new one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. So if you are interested in dabbling in coaching with me, you can send me an email at casey at joyfulcourage.com. Let me know you're interested. We will do a 15-minute intro call just to see if it's the right fit. I'll let you know a little bit more details about what coaching can look like. I do have three-month packages. I also have a one-hour package that includes an email follow-up. So if you're not so sure you're ready to take the big bite and really do the big three months with me, maybe we just do an hour and see what the results are. So I encourage you to check that out and get in touch and let me know if that is something that you're interested in. I love working one-on-one -on -one with parents and my clients are the best clients ever. So shout out to all of you that are already taking advantage and working one-on-one -on -one with me. I'm looking forward to our next call and big love to each and every one of you. If you weren't listening, I wouldn't be able to make the podcast. So Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you haven't already, join us over at Live in Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group. It is a thriving community of parents supporting each other through challenges and separations and kids flipping the bird. That came up recently, had me cracking up. 
So head over there, join the group. Also, you can like me on Facebook at the Joyful Courage page. Joyful Courage is on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat. So search for Joyful Courage. You'll find me in those places. And uh, yeah, let's play. All right. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, listeners. Big, huge love to each and every one of you. Mwah. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.